Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode. And is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. fans and welcome to our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast it is episode number 35 on this monday june 12 2017 i am joe Murata. this is the heartbreak hit himself michael quinn how's it going quinn howdy doody how you doing man good you ready to talk about the world of retro wrestling oh i'm always ready you are always ready folks glad to be back with you this week we have some great topics in store for you and quinn before we get to any of that why don't we tell the folks a few things? There's some things to talk about. Yeah. There's always things. There's always the things. One thing is Twitter. Right. And we're available there at OVP Podcast. You can tweet at us. You can follow us. We will follow back. We're not a bot. Yeah, we're not Mashugana, whatever it is. <laughs> what, who's our character? Mashlava. Yeah. From Russia. Mashlava, sorry. <laughs> we're not her or him. Uh, you can also, of course, email us if you use that at ovppodcast at gmail.com. That is ovppodcast at gmail.com. We do receive emails. We respond to the emails. Yes, we do that. Um, fans. When you send the email, we write back. Yes, we do. We're That's very nice. standard issue over <laughs> at OVP Studios. That's our protocol. Yeah. Quinn, they might be listening to us directly from our SoundCloud feed, but they don't have to, right? There's some places to find us. Oh, that's not as convenient. You no. should really go on um, something called Apple Podcasts, formerly iTunes yes. uh, Podcasts. Over there, you can subscribe, leave a review, which is always nice. We and, like those, um, yeah. You know, it plays the podcast for you. It does that, too. It's part of the app there. <laughs> you can also get us on Google Play Music, yes. Stitcher, mm-hmm. Blueberry. Mm-hmm. Tune in. Who cares? Uh, okay, and, and auto. <laughs> yeah, auto Odys- What Odyssey? <laughs> I don't get yeah, the, the Odyssey. <laughs> you got to really dig to go to auto radio. <laughs> but, you know, we like them over there. We do. It's nice of them to host us there yeah. or whatever they do there. They, they just, Aggregate us. They just say, like, here's the us. link to your RSS feed Good job. from our site. Can we start one of those and just start, like... <laughs> we probably could make a lot of money. <laughs> you want to? I, I don't know if I have the technical experience to do that, but... Well, someone out there does. Yeah. Another place that you can find us, folks, is placetobenation.com. There's some great wrestling podcasts there and some other great content. And if you were not listening to us there, I suggest that you go there. Check us out on that as well. Yeah, that. <laughs> and then you can listen to some of the other podcasts. There's the Place to Be podcast, which is in 1986 right now, one of Quinn's favorites. Yeah, it's it's a great little show, and they do a good job running down those, those old shows. Yep. Kind of like how we review, but... Just different. Yeah, just different. Two friends talking, sharing observations, kind of bringing you up to speed as far as what was going on during the time. Exactly. Great network. Glad to be a part of it. And uh, we want to just thank all of our fans for their continued support. We have a t-shirt available. Finally. We have merch. We have merch. It is the OVT. The OVT shirt cast. I don't know. You can yeah. wear it unlike listening to it. You wear this show on your ears. That's right. You can wear this shirt on your chest. That's a, that's a great tagline. Shirts work, Quinn. That's the next shirt. It's going to say that. On the- <laughs> hey, design that right yeah. away. But anyway, you can find that on teespring.com. That's T-E-E spring.com slash OVP podcast. Be sure to get one. 
and, and we don't it, we don't need your money. You know, we're not begging for it. But it helps. But it helps. That's all. Just helps. Viewers like you. Viewers like you. Yeah. Supporting this program. Well, Quinn, speaking of the program, we have some things to talk about. Do I'm, we? I hope so. I'm starting it off today, and we're going to go deep diving. So get your scuba gear on there, sir. It's amazing how you get to do that every week. Uh, yeah, it's I just hit a button, really. I mean, it's... <laughs> do, do you? No. No. Um, and Quinn, I was thinking of something that we haven't really talked about in detail. Okay. It's a wrestler, actually. Oh, boy. And this, strangely enough, I don't believe came up in our Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of gimmicks. So let's talk a little bit about Doink the Clown. Doink, eh? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Your reaction (laughs) sums it up perfectly. I personally thought the heel Doink, folks, Mm -hmm. which debuted in late 1992, was played by Matt Bourne. Right. Great, talented wrestler, no longer with us. I thought that was a fantastic gimmick and character. It's good, and I have no problem with the heel doink. It's softer than the ECW heel doink, which is the probably the best version, but... Yes, it definitely is, and I'm sure we can cover that in yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I feel like Matt Bourne is the gimmick. Like, I know, like, other people play doink, yes. but, like, once Matt Bourne was removed from the equation... It sucked. Died, yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that I've picked up over the years, just from reading things, is that even in like the Observer, you know, Dave Meltzer's Observer and stuff like that, and just the RSPW at the time, you know, Mm -hmm. the online forum, that when Vince, you know, trotted out this Doink character in in '92, people were kind of up in arms about it a little bit. Like, oh, come on, really, An, an evil clown? Yeah. But I thought that was such a tremendous twist on it. And again, like you said, a lot of it had to do with Matt Bourne. Yes. I think that a lot of people, like, they just think of the old one, or the not the old one, the, the, dink, the late, the, the doink dink, and dink The team. dinky kind. Yeah, the dinky yeah, version. And they, they don't really give appreciation to it. And I do think if you're talking about at the time, I really don't understand why anyone would have a problem with that because. The expectation would be is WWF would just make it a cheery clown. Like, why are you mad? It's almost ahead of its time for 92, 93. Well, yeah, because later on, would down the line would come, like, the Heath Ledger Joker, Joker yep. in, in Bat- Dark Knight Batman. Yeah, Back to the Future Batman. Back, back to the Batman <laughs> Dark Knight. Yeah, and one of, the, <laughs> one of the things I always liked about the heel doink. Yeah. Well, there's a couple of things. One is his music. Yes. Awesome heel music. Yeah. You know about that. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yes, I certainly do. Yeah. Um, and then another thing I always liked is that his outfit was like shitty and like you could see his chest hair. Yeah, the chest hair is a nice touch. <laughs> it kind of made a difference, yeah. I swear. And, and like, you know, evil face paint, but it could be interpreted either way as regular clown paint yeah. and then it always came off creaming off of his face <laughs> creaming off so yeah. what they did you know at Wrestlemania 9 is always lampooned and always made fun of with a double doink thing well that was a magic trick right yeah that's, that's what, what Bobby I always thought. said there was, it was only one doink yeah like David Copperfield yeah like David Copperfield it was him wasn't it that's what <laughs> Bobby said yeah you're right Bobby I was, did say I'm that. pretty certain he said that it's your heart out Houdini it's your heart out Copperfield this doink is great so the thing with Doink is that he fell off already by the end of 93. Well, I feel like they kind of screwed him over at WrestleMania 9 because that was so jokey and stupid. But he was still a threat throughout 93. <sighs> Come on. It was what? once he turned face and he like dumped water on Bobby, you know. <laughs> I mean, when you're fighting crappy crush, like it's not really a good vehicle 
for him. He did have a great match against Bret Hart at SummerSlam 93. Yes. Right? That was yes. probably the apex of that heel doink character. Was that at SummerSlam? SummerSlam, and then, then Bret fought King. Okay. Right, right, right. King was faking. Remember the crutches and the whole yeah, story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little old blue-haired lady who should have had her license revoked about 50 years ago pulled out in front of me and she caused about a 10-part pileup. Must have been Helen Hart. I just love that version of Dwink, and then that's pretty much it. SummerSlam 93, right after that. It's short-lived, but, I mean, the gimmick did not ever die. It's probably still, like, in their back pocket oh, to yeah. this day. They still busted out, so they had a bunch of different guys play Dwink for a period of time. They settle on the, the fat version that played him at, like, <laughs> WrestleMania 10, Ray Licacelli or whatever his name I is. I don't even know who that is. And he had Dink with them by then, and he had the stripey pants, if you recall. Yeah, the stripey. That was when you knew. Like, he was just lesser. You know, we just like to have a little fun. We never hurt anybody, and we have a good time. And it was just not fun. There was no charisma. He was playing stupid jokes on heels, you know, like, tripping them, and, like, you know, it was dumb. You know what's annoying about that is that because it died when it died, it could have been brought back as evil in the Attitude Era. It absolutely could have. But more deranged. I thought they missed the boat there. And that's the thing, and that's ECW picked up on that, Exactly. So in, in 94... ECW brings in Matt Bourne, then he turns into Doink. This is ECW, and that clown is in the wrong place. In the corner to my right, our wild card entry, Doink! Oh, did he take a wrong turn on the Jersey Turnpike? Then. He has this crisis. Yeah. And I think Shane Douglas is involved with them, right? There's other people involved. Like, it, he's kind of just up and down the roster, if I recall. Yeah. Like, he's just fighting people. But he he is associated with Douglas. When I looked at Doink and I'd flip the channel, he was everything I hated about this profession. And yet, when I looked at it, I knew there was something deep down, even underneath that makeup, that I just couldn't turn away from. And so he turns into Born Again. Yeah. And it's basically Matt Bourne with no shirt. Yeah. But he has like this little sliver of the doink paint over his eye, but right. no mask or anything like that. Yeah. And it's like he lost his mind. Right. So he goes crazy. And this is exactly what the WWE should have done with it. But they just, I don't know what happened to Matt Bourne at that point. Well, he just kind of languished in the indies and just we never saw him again it's absolutely true we never saw him again meanwhile on the wwf side of things face doink is just becoming worse and worse at this time oh he's just unbearable like i just get out of here awful and of course who could forget survivor series 94 when it was doink dink pink and wink versus that's the height of the shittiness like it's like queasy cheesy and sleazy it's like no this has to go it's all set up for the survivor series there's doink dink wink and pink and um, finally, Doink disappeared around the end of 95, but would pop up occasionally. Yeah. One of the guys that played him was Steve Lombardi. Yeah, and Chris Jericho, too. Yes, Chris Jericho did dress that up one as Doink. time. Now, I loved the WrestleMania 17 reappearance of Doink. Yeah, I mean, it was nice to he see was him. there. He was I, there. I also thought he made, I guess it was only that Chris Jericho appearance then. That's like, is that the latest appearance? No, he's been he's been was in and out for years. He's come back on those raw specials and the oh, old right. schools. He's yeah. sometimes played by the brawler, sometimes played by other people. I don't know. You know what I see ultimately Doink being? Yeah. He just feels like a missed opportunity. You're hearkening back to our original format, but yeah. you're right. He just feels like they just 
they turned him into like Duke the Dumpster or something. Yep. Like just a guy with a job. Bob Sparkplug Holly. Yeah. Exactly. Henry Godwin. They just gave him his, uh, his gimmick now is that he's a circus clown. Like he's very literally a clown. Instead of a deranged man wearing a clown suit. Yeah, like he's the Joker or something. Right. Like, and that's where they messed up totally. Now, did you know, Quinn, that out on the indies around the late 2000s, like the previous decade, you know, 2007, mm-hmm. 2008, after The Dark Knight came out, Matt Bourne reinvented the character to very closely resemble the Heath Ledger, <laughs> the Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger Joker. Why? Why? Why do I keep doing this over and over and over again? Did you know that? I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, the short hair and like the, the, the Joker type face paint. Well, it's interesting. There's been characters just like that, too, that have cropped up. Sure. TNA really, um, they were actually, for once, I, I hate to say TNA was smart, but they did it with when Sting lost his mind, mm-hmm. he became basically the Joker. I remember that. And then also, um, I think the ca- the guy Crazy Steve is kind of like that. Is that your friend, Steve? No, that's a real <laughs> wrestler, and and he is. That is one of the worst names ever, really by the is. way. But I know his gimmick is generally like he does wear clown makeup occasionally, if I recall. Like I, our fans might crap on us, but it's TNA, so who cares? Yeah, who cares? But I thought I remember seeing Crazy Steve wearing that makeup well if crazy steve if you're out there let us know yeah but you know overall i thought that the matt Bourne any iteration of him playing doink was tremendous yeah look into my eyes what do you see that's not going to be your problem in las vegas because i ain't going to be climbing around it sucked when it was a face character Mm -hmm. but i give vince credit for doing it yeah for making a clown an evil character and the way they presented it was that he was deranged but an awesome technical wrestler yes the original heel doink and that was the best part well, because of it. the i i i think were we supposed to know it was matt born in any way no. no right no 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 okay but it's also in a time even if you're not saying it's matt born it's in a time when they would still say that like the wrestlers were like you have to be at a certain level to be here in the first place so even though yeah. you might have been a clown in your time off <laughs> You had to be at least able to, like, handle yourself. Absolutely. Like, to win a match. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And he was presented as a pretty serious threat when he was a heel. Right. And that's just one thing I wanted to mention, you know, is that they did a good job with that. Yeah, they did. I really thought they did, and it all went downhill after he turned face. Now, you mentioned the Attitude Era. Right. Now, do you? I I do 100% agree it would have fit in to have, like, a heel clown. Probably the earlier end, not yeah. the later end when everything was like sex and stuff. Right, but maybe 97, 98. Yeah, oh, would it fit perfectly, especially around that Pillman's Got a Gun period in like early 97. Do you think that would have been a good fit for someone with, for like Mankind to either feud or team up with? Probably team up with. Wouldn't that be funny? Yeah, that would be that would be really good. Deranged Mankind and a deranged clown? Oh, you, know what, they, you that. know what they could also do? It's like, you know how Mankind likes to uh, rip his hair out? Mm-hmm. Like Doink could also be ripping out of the his, mask out of the mask hair, <laughs> and then good. it could keep getting like less hair, like as the months go on, and it's like it's just he starts looking like more dirty. Yeah, it's like there's like dirt stains on the white suit yeah, or whatever. Like he never washes his suit and everything. Yeah. Oh, that'd be awesome! Imagine Doink in hardcore matches and stuff. Yeah, it'd be fun, especially if Bourne was playing him. Right. Well, 
well, it could only be born. That's the thing. And then they would, you know, they would, if they had done that, we're getting really fantasy booky here, but <laughs> they would have had like one of those interviews with JR, like all serious. You remember like how they did with mankind? <laughs> yeah, it's like and, Matt and Bourne was a, was a baby boy and blah, blah, blah. His, and, his father was tough tone and born. Yeah. And, um, for some reason he decided to become a clown. <laughs> and then he became a wrestler in high and school. He, and then he kept losing and kept getting really deranged. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I thought that was uh, it was an interesting topic to talk about, Quinn. Yeah, doink. Because we haven't really talked about him much, and he's obviously one of something that sticks out in people's minds from the 90s when you talk about retro wrestling. Oh, people definitely remember Doink. But they again, I think he gets a bad rap. I think like it's I do not too. like the there's a good doink and a bad doink we understand but the good one's like really really good the good one is the bad one right the heel yeah the heel and the bad one is the face yeah the, right yes okay so now that we've got the cleared up folks let us know what you think of doink both versions any version I know that they sometimes rip that gimmick off on the indies because it's so easy to emulate you just shove a guy in a clown suit and do the makeup right they don't call them doink or if they do they're doing it you know illegally he's the clown he's just yeah <laughs> but anyway folks let us know what you think of doink you can do that by reaching us in any of the aforementioned things that we've talked about for or communication the, or the Facebook group thank you too, Quinn yes because we didn't mention that how do they find that uh, you go to facebook.com Yes. And you type OVP podcast in the searchy thing. And then you can friend request us too if you want. Yeah. Well, you got to get in the group. Go to the group. Yeah. And then join the group. Join the group. Yeah. We'll let you in. Yep. We'll be back right after this. And ladies and gentlemen, this uh, smiling face belongs to one Doink the Clown, the evil clown. I mentioned that. I don't take that very kindly. There's nothing evil about me because I have a smile on my face and you don't. Don't you have a sense of humor, Gene Okerlund? I go everywhere with a smile on my face. I don't have a sense of humor and neither does Crush. Well, do you think that scares me? I'm scared. Well, if it doesn't scare you, I've got a surprise for you because standing by... (laughs) <laughs> what, what's going on here? Now what's da, da, happened? Da, 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 Do we have da, 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 a technical da, 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 malfunction? Oh, hey, what is this? <laughs> what's up? <laughs> Are you guys trying to jerk me around? What's oh, going on here? <laughs> what is you? this? <laughs> what? What? There, there are two of you, aren't there? You see two? Doink, I see two. <laughs> Doink, two. Say something. Does that answer your question? <laughs> oh, give me a break, please. Lose it, huh? Guys, enough of you. Uh, you're as bad as Crush. <laughs> Doink or Doink's the clown. I knew all along there, there could have been a whole Volkswagen full of those guys. You're listening to Our Vantage Point, the retro wrestling podcast. The fastest growing weekly episodic retro wrestling audio podcast in the world. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the retro wrestling podcast. Glad to be with you this Monday, June 12th, 2017, for episode number 35. Quinn, it is now time for Mount Rushmore and Death Valley. And what we do here is we put four of the best of something onto Mount Rushmore, and four of the worst go into the desert of Death Valley, not with The Undertaker. Yeah, he's not there. Thank you. You got it right this As week. As Quinn corrected me on last week. Yeah. So, Quinn, you have the honor of choosing this week what we're going to be putting onto these respective places. So, what do we got? So, this week, um, I know we watched uh, WBF last week, right? (laughs) Unfortunately, yes, we did. And it got me thinking, um, something that's a mainstay in wrestling is uh, strongmen. Strongmen. So, I wanted to do a Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of... 
wrestling strongmen. <laughs> no surprise. No week, surprise man. there. Okay, strongmen. What do you define, Quinn, as okay. a strongman? <laughs> so, like, just as an example, like, the Lex Lugers of the world, <laughs> like, people, like, who it's, like, basically their entire MO is that they can pick up things and they're strong. <laughs> like, you know, like, there's tons of these in yes, wrestling. absolutely. Like, the British Bulldog. Like, you know sure. what I mean? Like, this is just, like, parameters like brock lesnar right yeah like just big guys that are like ultimate warrior but not in a sense where they're like big in Mm -hmm. a sense where they're like their hype thing is that they're strong okay the first one that comes to my mind hulk hogan really yeah he body slammed andre the giant he picked up i mean 1200 pound andre and then he died a few days later i wrestled andre the giant with these boots on and then a couple days later he passed on he did kill Andre, um, <laughs> according to him. But I mean, <laughs> see, Hogan straddles the line of strongman, and he's um, a Hulk. Yeah, but of strongman and like, like um, the hero, yeah. hero, like American archetype thing. Okay, so it's like it, it's like it really depends on like what you are thinking of Hogan as. Like in that sense, I think of him as a strong man. He was six foot seven, you know, allegedly yeah. three hundred pounds, three hundred three pounds. I think you're, allegedly, you're right. allegedly, he uh, body slammed Andre a couple times. He couldn't body slam Yoko. Yes, but one guy did. Yes, <laughs> Lex Luger. Lex Luger. A couple of guys did, but yeah, yeah, Luger was the first. Yeah. So I mean, Hogan definitely. He's probably the most prominent. Of the strongmen, yeah, if you, I would if, say. If you if you want to classify them, I mean, like there there's definitely a lot of strongmen, but Hogan, Hogan is is up there in my book. Do you want to counter offer me? What about like I said, the British Bulldog is like to me like he's all about being strong. Like well, yeah, because I'm bizarre. He did have some moves that clearly illustrated that point. He did the uh, high vertical suplex where he would lift yeah. him up for, you know, 10 seconds. The power slam. The power slam. He did the, um, you know, the gorilla press. Right. But he was also a very apt technical wrestler. That's Adept true. technical wrestler, right? Yeah. Does he like... Here's the thing with strongmen. It's like it's. It, I feel like it's like they really have to be about the being strong. Like, and it's that's like, all there is to them? Yeah. And so it's like, I, while the bulldog... When I was a kid, I always they would always hype the crap out of like how strong he was. Yeah, like but like you like you said, he had technical aspects, and he wasn't always like presented that way. Sure, he was like presented like at the tag team part of his career as just like another like guy. Yeah, oh, like, definitely. That, that was like a a technical jumpy thing. Well, here's a strong guy that was pretty much only a strong guy as far as I can remember. Mm-hmm. Ahmed Johnson. Well, actually, I think he's not anywhere close to this <laughs> Mount Rushmore part. Okay. I think he's he's elsewhere. Well, let's let's lay down a ground rule then. Okay. What constitutes a good or a bad strongman, Quinn? Um he's got to have a little character to him and that's why I'm 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 definitely saying probably Hulk Hogan like you've probably made your point right there by saying yeah. what what puts them in there. I would say so, so like probably Hulk Hogan. I've been hanging and banging at the world's gym in Somerville. That's why I've been taking advantage of every situation. Every time I get a chance to sneak in and hang and bang and do a little extra ab work, brother. You want someone that's not one-dimensional, but you want someone that is a strong man? Is that the idea? strongly identified, no pun intended, but strongly (laughs) identified as a strong man. Hulk Hogan, man. Yeah. I, I can't see a reason not to put him in as number one. Right. 
Yeah, I think so. All right, let's put Mr. Hogan on. He gets onto a lot of these things. You notice that? He does. That's a good case for being one of the best wrestlers of all time. Right. If you really think about well, it. He's like the Babe Ruth of wrestling. Yes, he is. Not like Macho Man. <laughs> let's put Hogan on. We're very serious today. Yeah. <laughs> We're taking the show very serious today, very folks. Very loose. We're here to help you pass your time at work. You know, yeah. summer's coming up. Kick back with OVP. Right. Maybe you don't listen to us until after work. Open up a nice cold beer. Yeah. Or a cold Unlike soda. Unlike these strong men. Because <laughs> they, they don't drink. No, they don't drink. They're only lifting weights all the time. What about Cesaro? Uh, honestly, that's part of the problem that you just asked me that question because I don't really care. Ooh, Cesaro's a good one. And that's like a different kind of strong man. Because he doesn't have the stereotypical look. Yeah. The beef look. Yeah, <laughs> it's know? true. Would you classify, because I feel like he wasn't presented this way, but he always had like a good body, was ravishing Rick Rude. Like, but like, was it classified as strong? Would he you was say? fit. He was just fit. <laughs> yeah, okay. He wasn't no, necessarily strong. Yeah, he was but Cesaro, fit. they hyped the crap out of how strong he is. The, like the suplex, like from the floor. He's done so some of the most impressive work with the strongman gimmick. Yeah, of course the big swing, but a bunch yeah. of different power moves. But like the stuff where he would like suplex people, like yeah. you said, from like I'm, I feel like I remember him doing one where somebody was like on the actual floor yes. and then he like lifted them up and like brought them into the ring somehow. Yes. Like yeah. He also calmly like threw out Big Show or something out of the Andre Battle Royal Just when he won it. Up. Yeah. yeah. I think he was one of, he's awesome. He is so underrated. Yeah, he is a very or, underrated rated guy maybe underutilized because i think the internet rates him well yes but maybe underutilized is a better right. word let's put him to the side for a okay. second but um what about the original strong strong man like flamboyant strong man in superstar billy graham that's true that was a big part of his gimmick i mean that guy popularized the whole hulk hogan routine right before hogan before anyone like there was always strong men yes but like you know superstar billy graham is what started to give it character Yes. And to a certain extent, you know who's another one? Um, Ivan Putsky. I mean, he really was about, like, being strong. Being sh short, stout, but strong. Right. Because that was his whole deal, right? Yeah. He was a short little Polish guy, but he was really big. But he, his character was like he was Burly. an everyman. He was too. an everyman. He would just fight you. Drink beer. And drink beer, yeah. That was awesome when yeah. he had the beard. I like Graham. Because I'm insane. I'm powerful. I'm strong. I wake up every morning. Every morning. Work out for five hours. Run 19 miles a day. Swim across the Atlantic Ocean. Unbelievable condition. Graham. Graham's a good one. Graham over Ivan. Yeah, I would say over Ivan. I'm trying to reach back. Now, folks, we know that we're probably going to miss people oh, from there's the so many, 50s yeah. and 60s that we just can't think of yeah. right now. And that's why... You let us know your Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of Strongman. Right. And um, I personally feel while we're on the topic of like missing earlier guys. Yeah. That Strongman thing really started with like the Ivan Putskis and Billy Grahams. Like as far as like being more prominent. Like there was always guys that were in shape mm -hmm. before that, but mm -hmm. like they really kind of highlighted technical guys more so. True. Before that, you had your you had your uh, Gene Kaniskis and your Killer Kowalskis and these bigger guys and stuff like but that. But they weren't presented as like they could pick up stuff and they were in good shape. Not like, to the extent that you'd get the personality and the real flamboyancy of a guy like Billy Graham. And like the posing and yeah. stuff. Like there was no posing before Billy. Not Graham. like that anyway. Yeah. No. Graham is a really good one. Yeah. That's a hard one to counter, but I'm going to give you one more. What about the Warrior? 
I was going to bring him up too. Yeah. The ultimate warrior. I feel like the f- part of him that's so ultimate is like his physique. Like that's like what makes him look like a ultimate warrior. Right. Like literally. I cannot read an article about overtraining or burning out your central nervous system without my fucking estrogen levels going up. Yeah, the ultimate warrior, and of course he had all the charisma in the world. Like that was, Absolutely. His, I mean, that's almost all he had. But but he still, I still think that his whole gimmick and his his overall look and what he did would qualify him. Oh yeah, definitely. Another guy that body slammed Andre. You know, he did yeah. that in '89. I think he body slammed right. Andre a few times. Did the gorilla press high impact moves? But that guy also looked like he had like muscles on top of muscles. Yeah. I mean, I always thought he was impressive as a kid. Absolutely. Like, I was like, damn, like this guy is, he's strong. Like, he made like when Ahmed Johnson was around with him look like a joke. <laughs> That's true. Like, even in his like reduced state. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, he, because it's just the ultimate warrior was like crazy strong. You know what? I'm reminded now of someone we've mentioned being body slammed, but what about Andre the Giant himself? As a strong man, I mean, well, I he's can, a giant. I get it, but it's not the same thing to me because he's inherently strong because he's big. Right. It's it's more like defined by your muscles rather than your size. Right. Like, okay. I you understand. know what I mean? Because he's a giant. Right. That was his gimmick. Right. Not it's, that he was strong. He I mean, was, it's not like John, Andre would just like make like muscle poses and stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Never. <laughs> In fact, he almost like because he was so big, he was could, doughy. He could seem doughy and also lanky at times when you saw his like arms, especially seventies Andre. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay. So we we'll, we won't worry about him. Right. Warrior, huh? Yeah. Warrior. W- warrior might really be up there. Yeah. Now we did we put Graham on? We didn't put Graham on. I think we should put him on because I think he's the pioneer of the thing. Of the, the whole pow- the power wrestling style. Yeah. And he certainly did it before Hogan. Right. <laughs> Hogan popularized it, but Graham, Graham started really it. Innovated it, yeah. yeah. All right, you know what? Superstar Billy Graham deserves to be on there as yeah. one of the strong man type wrestlers. Right. Let's put him on there. All right. So we got Hogan and Graham. Right. I'm trying to think of any, like, would you put Lex Luger on there? Like, that Lex Luger's controversial to me. As Lex a- Luger himself would say, I don't know! Yeah. I don't know! I think we've come to the Lex Luger question here. I think we have made a left turn and it led to Lex Luger. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. I mean, I feel like Luger's WWF run especially, all he was about was the muscles. But isn't Luger, like, a 5 out of 10 in general as a wrestler, historically? Yeah, but he could, he could have his moments, like, in WCW. He's not on the level of an Ultimate Warrior, though. No, but he had a a thing about him where if you saw him pick up a heavy thing, like Yokozuna, for example. <laughs> yes. Or, like, tor- like that guy could, like, he was so strong in the fact that, like, the torture rack, especially when you started doing that more. Yeah. Like, sometimes I'd see him do, like, Hugh Morris like, put him in the torture rack. put it on roadblock. Yeah, big guys like that. But, yeah. like, you know, Hugh Morris is, like, another sure. larger guy and roadblock. He put the giant in He put in. the giant in it, you're right. I mean, come that's on. That's true. Like, if, that's like the WCW equivalent to body slamming Andre. Right. And not only that, he was in WWF and he body slammed Yokozuna, yes, like, the heaviest guy ever. Which no one had done before right. in WWF. And there's a thing about Luger. To me, he's actually the strongest strong guy as far as like the character is concerned because i feel like he's defined by it more so than the rest of them that was always one of his things right and and an audience could sometimes 
explode watching him do these feats of strength. Like true. Like the Yokozuna, like the torture rack, like when he won the WCW title and put Hogan in the torture yeah, rack. Like yeah. it's him doing a strong man thing to win the title, but at the same time he's that that's his character, you know? And even when he got like reduced and all junky, like do you remember like his his gimmick became later in his career, like that he was like Mr. Fitness or something, like when Miss Elizabeth <laughs> yes, and had the like fitness man on in his like, like yeah. literally everything about him is defined by his like body and like his strength. You know, it's rare that you're going to see Lex Luger on a Mount Rushmore of anything. Yeah, but this is the only thing he, like, excelled at to me. You built a very good case for him. Yeah. He like, was, he, he's the most, like, associated with that to me, in my brain. When you think Luger, you think a very strong guy, mm-hmm. good power moves, capable of doing that kind of stuff in the ring. Right. He could wrestle technically a little bit too. A little bit, but he it really wasn't his his core thing, like as a as right. a wrestler. It's not his, where his bread was buttered. Right. It was overpowering opponents and like being True. able to pick up people heavier than him. He did a lot of posing too. Yep. He and again, yeah, the posing. I mean, I'm, part of his entrance was just him posing. Yeah. He was the narcissist for crying out yeah. loud. You know what? I think you think you've built a very good case for Luger. Yeah. All right. You want to put him in? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's put Luger in. That's a pretty good company right now. Yeah, that's pretty good for strong men. What about Goldberg? Do you really think of him that way, though? Mm-hmm. Because, see, here's the thing with Goldberg, and maybe it's just me. To me, the thing that popped out with him to me was he felt real. I don't know how else to explain it. Like, the fact that, like, he wore those, like, gloves and, like, <laughs> no, but, I mean, it made him look like a, a fighter rather than a, a strong man, per se. But if you look at his finisher, his finisher was a power move. It was the jackhammer, but is is that the is that the main feature of Goldberg? Like it's one of them. I mean, he did it to the giant. But is that the primary feature? The the feature the of Goldberg is being undefeated. It's not about being strong because he was so strong. He won all his matches in like less than two minutes. I mean, he I was guess overpowering. I know, it's, it's definitely like a fair point. I think we might have to fairly consider him. Let's stack him up against some other people. But does he line up against Cesaro as far as strength being the primary thing? Like, yeah, I think he does, because even though Cesaro did some impressive feats and stuff like that, yeah. Goldberg's whole thing is that you couldn't beat him because he was so strong and overpowering. Yeah, And his I finisher was a power move. Right. You know, a hard-to-do move. It's like a vertical suplex into a power slam. You know who I think is actually an interesting strong man Because he doesn't really get any love or anything. I think the barbarian, barbarian. yeah, the barbarian <laughs> is such a like, it's like when I see him, I'm like, damn, like, yeah, th- he looks so impressive. Like now barbarians, a guy that is underrated. Yeah, he's super underrated. Anyone that thinks he sucks needs to get over it. You need to go watch. Like, He's good. Yeah, he is really good. And like when he does stuff, it's with such authority. Like, yep. and that's what kind of makes me like he he always pops in my head as like a strong wrestler. Like I agree. It's and just like even when he was in the tag team in the um not the powers of pain the, the what <laughs> was the faces the faces of the fear faces of fear yes like to see him just like wreck some dude like while Haku was like standing outside or whatever yeah. like oh he's, he's just good in that sense he was really good but if we're gonna put on the likes of guys like Hogan Luger that Barbarian would seem out of place he would seem out of place what about Brock oh man Brock is a super good case so Brock he just doesn't seem human yeah it's like crazy like. I once heard someone describe 
something that he did when he broke a car door off. He basically broke it down and was saying that, do you realize like how strong you have to be to do that? <laughs> like, yeah, right. And like Brock really did this. Even if the door itself was gimmicked, he threw it into the crowd. Oh, that's right. He, he injured people. Yes, he threw that. a car door. Yeah. Like, okay, taking it off, is if it was loosened, is one thing, but that was definitely a real car door. To throw a car door <laughs> into the crowd, like, and to, like, he it went, like, airborne. Yeah, those things are heavy. You ever have one hit you in the leg? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he threw that thing. Now, like, uh, holy crap. Now, <laughs> vehicles aside, Glenn, yeah. let me throw a couple other names out there real quick. Yeah. Are we considering guys like Undertaker and Kane? No, because Supernatural. It's A, it's supernatural. And B, all in all honesty, I personally never thought of the Undertaker as strong. I thought I think of him as tall and tall. like <laughs> like yeah, like and the same with Kane. Yeah, like just tall. Just tall. What about Sid? Sid's kind of impressive, actually. He's like, impressive. He's a very impressive specimen. Why? Because I rule the world. Like no, like that's kind of what they they would, yeah a specimen. Like he is ridiculous. Like his traps are like huge, <laughs> but traps. But but Brock Brock is way more. Imp- Actually, like I wish Brock and Sid existed in the same time because that would be a great matchup. That would have been interesting to see. Because yeah. Sid is like he's tall and he's strong. Yep, Nash. No way, right? Not Nash. Yeah, I th- I also think that if you're if you want to bring Goldberg back into the equation, I do. I, I do. Brock Lesnar is like versus Goldberg. Oh my god! Like Brock Lesnar, it, it's embarrassing to me that anyone ever thought Goldberg could beat Brock, and they actually like went had him win twice in like flukes just to, yeah. just to make sure Goldberg didn't look like garbage when they finally got to the match they right. wanted to have. That's like, a good point. Yeah. Like, All right, we're eliminating Cesaro because just not enough accomplishments, and he just he can't compete with Brock and Barbarian. Barbarian out. again, not enough. I mean. Personally, I think the Barbarian could hold his own against Brock because yeah. he's just insane. But right, like, right. Yeah. But we're going to dump him. Yeah. And we're going to dump Sid. It's yeah. between Brock and Goldberg, isn't it? Yeah. I. It, it's got to go. It's got to be Brock. It's got to be Brock. <laughs> like, Well, not only was Brock's strength and superhumanity played up, yeah. but he could also wrestle. Yes. He was an NCAA champion in real life. And just this, this fact should amplify him. Mm-hmm. He has a sword tattooed on his <laughs> chest. He does. He has a freaking sword tattooed on his chest. That's already too big. True. Brock did beat John Cena rather handedly. Yes. Did defeat The Undertaker. Yep. Did break the streak, right? Yep. Has been a world champion. Has been a dominant world champion. Bill Goldberg was undefeated. For a very long time, over a year. Yeah. Goldberg but, uh, beat a lot of people in under two minutes. But undefeated streaks in the the history books, I don't think mean as much Tell as Dave titles. Tell Dave Meltzer that. Uh, <laughs> as titles and who you beat. Beating some geek every week on Saturday Night and Nitro does it, is not the same thing as beating the likes of The Undertaker at WrestleMania. That's true. It's impressive to beat Dave Taylor in five minutes. Kind of. (laughs) But the guy that beat Dave Taylor in five minutes got beat by Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania in five minutes. Right. And not only that, Brock Lesnar. Look at his name. Yeah. Like, his name (laughs) just sounds strong. You know what? I think we got to go Brock. Yeah. Once you go Brock, you never go Bach. You want to do it? Yep. Let's do it.
All right, folks. So that is our Mount Rushmore of strongmen. We want to know yours. And I guess I, Quinn, have the privilege of going for the worst. And before I do that, oh, I guess you'll agree with me, Quinn. Yeah. That the bad strongman was something <laughs> that's very <laughs> prevalent back in the day because it seemed like especially Vince, but even other promoters, thought they could cash in by having just a really strong guy. My name is Brackers, and I'm coming from Deutschland. Literally, since superstar Billy Graham, like everyone had like a jerky, crappy <laughs> strongman to go yeah. along with the strongman. Right. And my first choice for uh, Death Valley here, yeah. you'll remember him. And folks, maybe you will too if you're a fan of the 80s. Ted Arcini. <laughs> remember that piece of shit? <laughs> yeah. His name is Ted Arcini. And what this gentleman is, he is the strongest power lifter ever, ever, ever in the history. He has bench pressed 750 pounds. Yeah, he was some piece of garbage, all right. <laughs> what the hell was the deal with that guy? You know what bothered me the most about Ted Arsini? What? His shoes. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Quinn always with the minutia well, here. Because he always looked like he was more prepared to go to a weightlifting <laughs> event than a wrestling match. Well, that's the thing, folks. If you don't know who Ted Arsini was, he was this like power lifter. Like he bench pressed yeah. 700 pounds, but somehow Vince got his hands on him <laughs> and he wound up in the WWF and like, I want to say like 80. 586 i can't remember off yeah, the top of my head yeah i feel like he actually like popped in and out sometimes too. yeah but he was awful it was just one of those examples an early example of vince importing somebody from somewhere else yeah and trying to make him something and he was terrible yes but obviously we'll, we'll volley here you have one quinn Ahmed Johnson. <laughs> because we mentioned him before and I needed to get him in there too. Okay. What why? I'm not saying I disagree. Because he can't speak English. <laughs> hey! If you want to play like that, there ain't nothing between us but air of duty boy. So go ahead, bring your toys. They tried. I'll give them credit. They tried. He made a huge debut. He he body slammed Yoko. Yeah. But Intercontinental Champion. He, overall, he was garbage. Like, <laughs> overall, he was bad. Like they gave him the Intercontinental title, he beat Goldust, mm -hmm. and then he did nothing. And you know what? Another thing about him is, is that they always like to say like he's so strong, he's so great, or whatever. Yeah. But then he's always wearing like puffy jackets and stuff. <laughs> like why? <laughs> like the whole point of him is that he's strong. So you wanted to see more of his muscles. Well, if that's his thing, then what? Why are they not showing it? Like you wanted to see his muscles. I didn't want to personally see his muscles. <laughs> you wanted other people to see his muscles. If you're a strong man, <laughs> yes. right? You should not be covering up your muscles. That's a good point. It's it's your bread and butter. It's your livelihood. It's is your, your muscle? Ticket. Yeah, it's your meal ticket. <laughs> and just the, again. I can't say enough the talking. Like, it was so bad. It was bad. I'm sure you're going to hear a clip of it right about now. So there you have it. And that's all you need to know about Ahmed Johnson being on the Death Valley, to be honest with you. But was he really worse than Ted Arcidi? <laughs> Come on. You only say that because he got a title, but he only got a title because Vince, like, likes the WBF. Like, I, <laughs> no, I think Ted Arcidi is worse because at least Ahmed had some natural wrestling ability. Not a lot. No way. He didn't have any. He had he, a little. You're crazy. He was okay. No! He was not <laughs> good at wrestling either. He was good. Remember when he was in WCW? Big T. 
Yeah, remember that great wrestling over there? <laughs> he sucked. That Joe. looks like he had a few mule tickets when he was in WWE. He was- yeah, he was puffier and he could wrestle less. <laughs> like he wrestled more terrible. But he's not worse than Ted Arcidi. Ted well, Arcidi. We're only at the beginning here, Chow. What do you got? Another one? Dino Bravo. <laughs> Oh, yeah. You know why he might qualify? Because he stretched this shit out for a long time. Oh, my God. He was presented as good. Yep. In fact, there's even a a campaign on Scott's blog. There's a guy with the username (laughs) Dino Bravo sucks. Yeah. Well, that everyone thinks Dino Bravo sucks. He's one of the worst wrestlers ever. The pilot to our podcast was based around Dino Bravo sucking. Yes. (laughs) Okay. And that whole thing with the like him lifting the weight or whatever rumble 88 and then like uh, he got like help or something from jesse ventura helped him yes yes why he wasn't even a legit strong man he wasn't even a legit he was like a fake strong man but he was also kind of looked like he was strong and he like injured people he was fat yeah he was also like a fat strong man he stunk which is the worst kind of strong man and then the cigarettes happened to him. And then the cigarettes him. happened to him. You know what? The the thing about Dino Bravo is, you know, sure, you can find a, you're right, you can find a Ted Arcidi. You yeah. can even find an Ahmed Johnson a couple of year run. Dino Bravo <laughs> lingered around way, yeah. way past his welcome. Dino Bravo is like one of the worst. Dino Bravo is legitimately one of my least favorite wrestlers. He's always been. It's not because yeah. of the movement on the internet. You and me have been talking for years, Joe. About how bad Dino Bravo yes. is. I think since his whole gimmick was the world's strongest man or Canada's strongest man, yeah. I'd say he qualifies and I'd say he sucks. <laughs> yep. You want to put him in. Just get him, him in. Get him out. Put him in the dumpster. Get him out of here. All right. Here he goes. All right. So that's over with. I'm still campaigning for our CD, but I've got another one up my sleeve, Quinn. Okay. You ever heard of the Warlord? Uh, I thought he only likes Domino's Pizza. <laughs> And the Warlord, all he's interested in is Domino's Pizza. Give me a break here. I mean, the Warlord, okay, I'll say this about the Warlord. He did have a good match with the British Bulldog at WrestleMania. He did at WrestleMania 7. It's an excellent match, He's kind of funny. Like, his whole, like... It's almost like he doesn't take it too seriously, right? Right. There's something... There's almost, like, a charm to him. I don't understand... Like, if I'm trying to get him off of Death Valley... Right. There, there is a charm to the, like, the the post-Powers of Pain gimmick. Yeah. Where he's got the wand the and w everything. The wand, yeah. Like, <laughs> there and is he's some got charm. Harvey Whippleman with him. Like, <laughs> he's kind of too goofy to fall under the worst because he's kind of lovable. A little in a innocent, way. right? Yeah. A little naive. Yeah. And also, he's not bad in the Powers of Pain. No, for what they are, he's yeah. not. Okay, fine. You got one for me? Um, Tony Atlas. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> I know people that, you know, grew up with the WWF or WWF in the early 80s Yeah, have very fond memories of Atlas and Rocky Johnson. It's w- only that, though. Winning the tag titles from the Samoans in 83. Tony Atlas, though, sucked. He was a, not a good wrestler. He was an He awful has no wrestler. personality. Yeah, he's terrible. Other than when they made him that like laughing thing when he was like a million years old. Like, remember when he came back? He's like, huh, huh, huh. he's like, also Saba Simba. Yeah, he was Saba Simba, <laughs> that youngster. Yeah, Tony Atlas. I feel bad in the way for the guy. Yeah, but he was terrible. He's admitted it that it like there's literally a clip that plays of him in the Legends of Wrestling like too much too soon or whatever. Like even he knows he sucked. Yeah. He's another guy that he was positioned 
right. to be something that he really wasn't. Yeah. Same way Bravo was, you know? Yeah. He wasn't just a flash in the in the pan, you know, like Ted Arcidi or... Remember that WCW guy, Bill Kazmaier? I don't know if you ever heard of him, but... I've never heard of him. He was basically WCW's version of Ted Arcidi, where he was like <laughs> a former powerlifter, world's strongest yeah, man type yeah. of thing. And he was in WCW in like 91, another terrible thing. But I know that since you don't know enough about him, I don't really either. I, yeah. He's probably deserves to be on there, but I'll let our fans put him on there. Right. But back to Atlas. Yeah. Atlas is a, is a pretty damn bad one. Yeah. Can I give you another? Um, I've got another two, but you can go first. Ludwig Borga. That was the one I had. <laughs> I'm not even making that up. You know why? Because America is <laughs> <It's> crumbling. crumbling. <laughs> yes. This building is crumbling like America is crumbling. Ludwig is horrible. Like, yep. I, I would dare to say he's worse than Tony Atlas. He is. No disrespect to the guy. He he died a while ago. Yeah, Tony he was the Helm. president of Sweden, right? <sighs> he was a senator in Finland, yes. Uh, apologies. Close enough. <laughs> but <laughs> but he was awful. Yeah. <laughs> he was really bad. It was he was crumbling. <laughs> he was crumbling. And his whole thing was this basically he was like the evil version of Lex Luger. Yes, so he's, he was. He, like, he's the evil strongman. He sucked. Yeah. That was the definition of like this powerhouse wrestler that could not wrestle. <laughs> yes. Like, sorry, guy. Yeah. You're, you were bad. So is Dino Bravo, who's in? Dino, Dino Bra- Bravo. Did we cl- officially put Dino Bravo in? He is the only one. Oh, well, Ludwig, I think, should immediately join him. I mean, there's not much to say. He had a short run, but the if the only thing we can really say about him is America's crumbling. Like, yeah. that's, like, all he had. And he was one of those guys that Vince had a hard-on for and was gonna push if he didn't get injured in 94. To me, he's, like, also, like, weirdly a fake Brock Lesnar. Like the, I always his, noticed that, too. His, like, look or something. Like, there's something Lesnery about him. You're very like, proto-Lesnar. Yeah. But he was terrible. Yeah. No charisma. I mean, that promo is fun. <laughs> yeah. His American's crumbling. It's fun because he delivers it so poorly. Yeah, I know. Like, if that's all, that's all there is to say about him. This like, pollution. Yeah. He's <laughs> talking about pollution This now? building's crumbling. Yeah. It's an environmentalist gimmick, so for that, he should be in. Yep. Get him out of here. <laughs> all right. Good company. Bravo yeah. and Borga. Double B there. Mm-hmm. So we've got Atlas flying around a little bit. I've still got Ted Arcidi on my radar. Yeah. you still got Ahmed Johnson. I still got, and I have another one. Okay. Hercules. See, that's a tough one. Because I know, because you like the original one, but... Yeah, I Hercules mean, Hernandez was Literally, awesome. after that, with the fuzzy hair, or whatever... <laughs> and the gray beard. And the gray beard. The greasy face. He is garbage. The steroid belly. He stinks, Joe. Like... He does. He really stinks. And yeah. then when he gets, like, when he's in power and glory, and he's supposed to be the power, quite literally, <laughs> he's more like a guy that ate too much pizza, or, like, he's, like, fat. Drank too much bush beer. Yeah, like, there's... He looks like junk, and he's supposed to be the power. I know a guy that you hate worse than him that was a strong man. What? Crush. Yeah, he stinks. Oh, my goodness, Crush is bad. Crush is really bad. You know, I try to justify him with the, like, the one that was in the Indian film and, like, when he was that version with Mr. Fuji. That's the worst version of him. You're the only person I've ever met that prefers that. I prefer it, but that's not saying I like it. It's saying that that's the best thing I can find out of him. (sighs) See, (laughs) Crush, to me, and Hercules are almost the same quality of bad. I think Hercules is worse. Because Crush, at least, he was in a tag team that was good, and, like, he... So was Hercules. Power and glory. 
They were good. Don't that, look at me that, that way. Stop. They were good. They are horrible. You got one guy who thinks he's better than Ric Flair and another guy who's like fat and out of shape. <laughs> okay, fine. But is Hercules... That team sucked, Joe. <laughs> Don't ever defend them again on this show. Is Hercules worse than Ahmed Johnson? Ooh, that's tough. I'd say Hercules is better than Ahmed Johnson. Yes, but I don't know if Crush is better than Ahmed Johnson. Crush is better than Ahmed Johnson. Okay, I'll, so, I'll give it to you. I, I mean, I, I was going to see if you had any objections to that, but I think we should throw Ahmed in. Yeah, he's just stinky. Like he really was bad. Yeah. Okay, Ahmed Johnson. Yeah, number three. Well, I've still. Got Ted Arcidi on my radar. You know what, Quinn? But we didn't put Tony Atlas in either. We Don't didn't forget put about Tony him. Atlas in. Another one we didn't mention in the Rushmore part, and maybe we should have, but he might also qualify for Death Valley. Ken Patera. Yes, this is a strange case because Ken Patera's initial like run like in the early 80s, late 70s, yep. Like, he's awesome. Yo, like, yeah. he's one of the better heels, the second Intercontinental Champion. Yep. And, you know, he's got a good physique, and he looks, he has a cool look to him with the, like, bleach blonde puffy hair. Mm -hmm. Like, he actually looks like a dick, like an actual jerk, and he looks like a threat. He looks like a threat. He was a power wrestler, billed as a very strong man. But he comes back after his prison where he did a strong act and threw, like, a rock through a McDonald's. <laughs> strong act. And that that is his final strong act as being good at anything. He goes to prison. <laughs> he comes back and he looks like a lady. He like looks, he looks. He comes back looking like an old lady. Comes back looking like Richard Simmons. Yeah, Richard Simmons <laughs> crossed with an old lady. Remember, which Richard Simmons looks like an old woman. Also, kind of looks like Donna's dad on that '70s show. Kinda, yeah. <laughs> he does. He does look like Donna's dad. That's a good one. Thank you. Uh yeah. So it's so heinous. And it's so like a betrayal to the Ken Patera character in my yeah, eyes. I know that it like really starts to throw him into Death Valley of a strong and like that's bad. I'd, I'd say he's like he's falling over the cliff, but his bleach blonde self like pulls him back just enough that just he doesn't like, fall in, just like enough so he just doesn't enough so like the Tony Atlases of the world yeah. can like be falling before him. Right. What about Adam Bomb? <laughs> eh. I, I actually I kind of don't put him in the strongman cat. He's kind of to me he's like a towering kind of guy. He's like okay. tall. Like I, I I don't think of him that way. Now we didn't. I would not throw this guy into Death Valley, but I just want to make sure that our fans know that we we forgot him and I remembered him. Mark Henry. Right. He wouldn't be in either. So here's the thing: is that I while Mark Henry is literally billed as the world's strongest man, yeah. I always felt that his size, he was more like a Vader type than he was yeah. a strong man. Right. I, I, I don't know how else, it, it's going to sound weird to the fans, mm -hmm. but if you think about the Lex Lugers and the like Warrior, Warriors Hogan. and stuff like that, yeah. you don't really think of Mark Henry in that vein. Right, I like, agree. Yeah. Now, do you throw Scott Steiner into either of these? I mean, we I, can't go okay, back, but... I, I, I do think Scott Steiner might fall into the bad you do why because big papa pump is like awful. prominently terrible he's like, awful he was a great wrestler when he was scott steiner in the 90s yeah but the promos joe the promos and this is what threw ahmed into the death valley that's why scott steiner is da is dangerously close and i'm gonna look at the whole world and i'm gonna say vinnie vinnie bucci big 
pop a pump as a wrestler and as a promo guy is really bad and he's did it for he was really bad for a long time now did something happen to him prior to being big pop a pump because like did he get injured or something because it's like almost like he became he went from a good wrestler to he couldn't do anything like what happened well quinn see there's these things that wrestlers sometimes take and what they do is they inject them usually in their ass. But do you think... And they're called steroids. And but, what they do is they make them very puffy and very big. And then they get huge and they can't wrestle as well. Steroids. Is that always the case, though? Like, yes, I never thought of steroids of as hindering your actual ability. If you take that many of them, they are. Hmm. You ever see Don Morocco in 88? What was particularly wrong with Scott Steiner, though? That's what I could never figure out. He went from, like, he was always big. He was not that big. No, He but, got steroid puffy in, like, 98, and he never looked back. It's true. <laughs> holla if you hear me. Yeah, holla if you hear me. He had the hookup. Yeah. Zahorian had the I mean, hookup. he could have been a great wrestler, too. That's He the, was. That he was good for a long time. Yeah. He might. I didn't think of him, but, yeah, until now. But he really might be. You know what's interesting about him? He's another Kent Patera case where the first at, first half was pretty good, and then, like, it yeah. just he fell off. Yeah. It's I don't hard. know if he's as I, no, again, I, I don't think he's as bad as like Ted Arcini or Tony Atlas. I if we're if it's between those two, I'm putting Ted Arcini in. <sighs> only because only because at least we talked about accomplishments for the Rushmore. At least Tony Atlas was a tag champion. But at okay, least that's that's he a, was successful. Joe, that's a double edged sword. Because if you're an accomplished you have an ac- one accomplishment mm-hmm. is the disappointment of what Tony Atlas <laughs> became worse than not being anything as Tony as Ted Arsini is. What you're saying is the fall hurts harder if you're higher up, right? Mm. He, that guy was on the pinnacle. He was on the fast track to being like a world champion, and he just sucked so much. Then and he they, became the, at the fast food. Yeah, exactly. I hate to put Tony Atlas in there, but why? What is your do? You, do you even like Tony Atlas? No. Then why is he? What's your problem? Like he's just not good. Like it has nothing to do with anything else. He's just not good. Do you want him in Death Valley? Yeah, because I think Ted Arsini is just. There's nothing to him. Like they, there's not enough. Like all right. Well, then it's I'll... almost like in baseball, right? Yeah. If you have like a batting average of a thousand, but you only batted once. Yeah. Like that doesn't make you the best. Or if you only batted once and you have zero. zero, it doesn't make you the worst. You want to hear my problem with Tony Atlas? What? So there you go, folks. That's our Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of Strongmen. Let us know what you think. I'm sure we've missed people, overlooked people, or maybe you just disagree with us, and that's fine. We'd love to talk to you about it. You can reach us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can email us at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, comment away on our Facebook group. So check us out there. In the meantime, we will be back right after this. For months, you've been seeing IcoPro all around the WWF. But just what is IcoPro? IcoPro is the result of years of steroids. IcoPro is a complete steroids supplement line that can help you develop muscle mass and definition, as well as increase your energy and endurance. To really achieve the body you want, all you do is take a pill or take a shot in the butt every day. That's what IcoPro is all about. Hey, it's Sean Mooney. I may no longer be in the event center, but if I was, I'd be talking about our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. All right, boys, let's get to it. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Quinn, it's time for our final segment. We're reviewing something. Yes, we are. You know what? I thought of something 
Gwen. What? Before we get to the review. You know how a lot of people have trouble sleeping? Yeah. I thought of a great way to make a lot of money. You know how people go to medical school, learn about medicine? Mm-hmm. We should just write prescriptions for WWF superstars from 1994. Yes. Because we have found, folks, the cure for insomnia. <laughs> uh, definitely. This Whoa. was a snooze fest. This was. What we're reviewing today is WWF superstars from October 1st, 1994. Now, a little context here. This is shortly into my run as a wrestling fan. I got in the wrestling in the summer of 94, so I was definitely watching this at the time. I don't remember watching it, but I know I was. I always watched Superstars. And Quinn, you were only a couple of months away from really becoming a fan. Yes, uh, I probably saw some of this stuff, but Mm -hmm. um, I didn't really, wasn't into it just in October. It was more like November, December. Right. However, I wonder if you had a sleep problem as a child, and maybe this was maybe that's the reason you became a wrestling fan is your mom tried to find something on TV and get you to fall asleep. Yeah. So, folks, you know, Superstars at one time was their flagship show. That was their A show. But with the advent of Raw in January of '93, Superstars really ceased mattering. Yeah. And we're at that time right now. This is an absolute futon. This yeah, this is <laughs> this is a sofa bed. This is a sleep number. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Set to a hundred. This is one eight hundred M A T T R E S. Leave off the last S for, for superstars. Yeah, for superstars. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> so anyway, Quinn, the first thing you said to me as we turned it on during the intro is, "Oh God, this intro." Yes, it's like the like. Well, it's getting close to the hang on a dang it, but instead it's that weird one. Yeah, it's that weird one. Yeah. Where it like sounds like video game music. Yes. I think it was used in a video game, this music. WrestleMania the arcade game, yeah. Right. It's like the opening to WrestleMania the arcade game, <laughs> like the menus or something. And it's got the like them wrestling in like a dark arena. Yeah, like, it's like cheap looking. Like it makes the it, it's almost like they were like we know you know this sucks, so we're going to, like, make it that way. Like, yeah. it's like, we're going to make the intro that way. <laughs> you, you, in fact, Quinn, said, this is the crap era of superstars. Yes, this is, like you said, it's when it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. It's still hosted by Vince. It's Vince and King. And King, just for the record, has his white and blue, like, robe cape thing. Yeah, he's still in, like, 93 King mode. Yeah. Like, not not the later, like, the red. <laughs> yeah, with the black jacket. Yeah, with the, the, the trademark. Pepper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, our first match here is the Intercontinental Champion, Razor Ramon versus Rhett Tyler. Rhett Titus. <laughs> like, that's what I think of immediately. Now, this was weird. And on a show known for being very quick and very, like, let's get to it, yeah. Razor's entrance is like three minutes. Well, what that says to me is that they clearly didn't have enough stuff ready for right. this ep- like it was like the end of the taping or something and it's not like he's doing anything major he's just walking slower like strolling around he throws his toothpick at king yeah like, he does it's yeah true. like there's all this like extra nonsense like the sparkles come down like yeah it's this superstars bro like what <laughs> all, all why this- is razor on superstars he's the intercontinental champion well he is a superstar yeah, but this show isn't for superstars. <laughs> this show is for people who need to beat lower people so that they can become superstars. That's a very astute point, Quinn. Yeah. King had a good line. His hair his hair is so greasy you could fry chicken on it. Wonderful. 
So it's a typical Razor Ramon offense, but it's like his heel offense. It's like the fallaway slam, the choke slam. But he's a face. The stomp. Yeah. <laughs> the abdominal stretch. I hated when Razor did this, by the way. Yeah, what was your problem with that? Well, because it's just a rest hold for a guy that's like hard hitting and like it is just stupid. I know he used to like lift the leg, his leg up to make it look <laughs> a little more stretchy. He did but, try to do that. Yeah. But it, it's just lame. It, it makes Razor look the, the time he came from originally when he first started wrestling mm-hmm. rather mm-hmm. than the superstar of the 90s that right. he became good point so they're already building the jeff jarrett feud this early on that's unfortunate and when you said to me you said i don't get the purpose of superstars it's literally just them rolling around for an hour saying we exist yes i mean that's what it feels like it's like a reminder on the weekend that like oh you gotta watch raw but you know here's just some stuff like <laughs> that you can look at that's until, r- until the real matches happen on Monday. That's really what this is. And yeah. we look at Razor do his back suplex off the top rope and then a Razor's Edge for the win. Vince says the crowd goes cockeyed. And the crowd goes cockeyed. They go, their eyes are closing. <laughs> that's what I think that's what he meant. You think that's what he meant? Yeah. I don't know. The arena looked to me like a shoebox. <laughs> I don't know where. I mean, <laughs> arena is really being uh, gracious. Generous, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, King says he's so oily if he stands still, he'll leave a puddle. He's so oily if he stands still, he'll leave a puddle. Yay. Good Thank- joke, King. Yeah, thanks, King. I swear King just had a joke book nearby and he pulled stuff from well, it. Well, it's a 1970s joke book, remember? Yes, as JR used to yeah. say. So we get Todd Pettengill, of course, narrating a promo package for this weird feud. Sean and Diesel versus the Head Shrinkers. Now, if you recall... The day before SummerSlam 94, Sean and Diesel defeated the Head Shrinkers at Market Square Arena, Indianapolis, Indiana, to win the tag titles. Yes. Now, the reason this is an interesting promo to me is because Fatu left shortly after that match back in August. Did he? But every single clip, and this is airing in October, yeah, features... Did I say Fatu or Samu? I think he said Fatu. Samu left. Yeah, because Fatu was still making a difference at this point. (laughs) But the head shrinkers at this point consisted of Fatu and Sioni, the barbarian. Yeah. But one of the best strongmen of all time. Every single clip, though, shows Samu. So I just thought the continuity there was a little weird. It's kind of weird. But I mean, it's also superstars. So, like, (laughs) do you think they cared? No. Yeah. And they show Sean jumping off of Diesel's shoulders for a splash. So it's supposed to be, like, better than the head shrinkers. Exactly. And if you remember back when we talked about, like, finishers and stuff like that, I was complaining about how the head shrinkers version is just Fatu jumping from the corner. But he gets a lot of elevation on that. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) So, anyway, that was just a little yeah, thing of note. Well, they, they one-upped them because they're better. Yeah, they are like, better. In theory, Diesel and Shawn Michaels should never lose the tag titles in this comp- in the company that consists of these people. To be fair, they never... Well, first of all, Shawn doesn't like losing belts to begin with. So, yeah, to but be I mean, fair, they didn't lose these. But they're a super team amongst like jokes like that exist in WWF in late 94. You mean to tell me that you don't think Well Done could have beaten them? Nope. <laughs> Smoking Guns? <laughs> nope. Bushwhackers? Nope. Heavenly Bodies. Nope. Okay. Yeah. So we get a promo. With- That's who we're dealing with. Do you, do you, That's do, 94, folks. I mean, you just listen to yourself list those names. That's who. That's the tag division. It really is. Mabel and Moe. <sighs> Mo. Yeah. Mom. Remember Moe? Yeah. So we get a promo with Diesel and Shawn Michaels, and Shawn has that really doofy, like, zebra stripe outfit <laughs> on with the hat, the leather biker I mean, hat. I kind of think that's the classic Michaels, only because he's in Raw, the video game, looking like that, his picture, if I recall. <sighs> You're excusing it based on that, huh? Yeah, because I I saw that a lot. Although, you know what's weird in Raw, the video game? Mm. 
he had like the red <laughs> they didn't like, try at they all they didn't even try and his hair was like red too it was like orange or something they I was, did like, not try yeah also that's the, the worst Shawn Michaels model how did they regress from the Royal Rumble model that looked like him yeah you're to right that also, the Luger sprite in Raw had, like, really blonde hair. It was yeah. way too blonde. That was at least accurate. He had the red, white, and blue trunks on. But you know what's awesome? Yeah. Is that we're talking about that and not this. <laughs> yeah, well, back to this here. Diesel was morphing into, like, the champion version. Oh, yeah, yeah. His he's starting getting to, longer. He's starting to look like he's going to tell us about, like, nonsense and being excited about Pam Anderson and yeah, that. just a bunch of junk. Quinn, you had a very good question for me. Why did they think they should elevate Diesel and of Sean. Yeah, that, that that's the first question that comes to mind. Sean's doing all the work here. He's he's talking and stuff like these. Doesn't Diesel literally just says, "And we're gonna win" or something and like? We're gonna win. You yeah, know, his horrible promo style. Yeah. Watch us. Check us out. Quinn, it's time to take us out to the ball game because we've got Abe Knuckleball Schwartz. This is just versus Ron Cumberledge. I can't believe that the Brooklyn Brawler is going to win a match. Yeah, that's that's the first most interesting thing here. Yeah. Now, if you recall, baseball had been on strike, right, since August. Yes. The announcers act like this is a real baseball player wearing the face paint. Well, the idea, I guess, is that if they're on strike, they can't uh-huh. be playing baseball, so this is they're wrestling now or something. Right. It's very, very nice of Vince to be actually very topical and very on top of it, but with the worst thing ever. <laughs> like, I mean, he doesn't look like a baseball player. He looks like the Brooklyn Brawler. What they really should have done and I'm sorry if anyone finds this offensive, is they should have taken Sato from the Orient Express and dressed him in a judge's robe and called him Judge Cheeto. Oh, that's good. He looked like him, too. He very much looked like Ito. Because that was going on right now. Wow. Did did you just think of that just now? I did. Oh, that's really good. Sometimes I'm on top of it. That just woke me up. Wow, that's awesome. Because really, if you want to get topical, there's more controversial and and hot-button issues than the baseball strike. But you have to remember, this is 94 WWF. It's not 1996 WWF. Good point. Late 1996 WWF. So anyway, Schwartz does a baseball slide. (laughs) Cheeto. Schwartz does a baseball slide to duck under a clothesline. Get it? Because he's a baseball player. This is the dumbest thing. Why would a baseball player be wrestling? Like he shouldn't be. Yeah. Now, do you recall Quinn? Because I don't know if you and I talked about this, and I don't know if you remember it. And if you don't, guess what? It's fine. Okay. This character, Abe Knuckleball Schwartz, actually existed a year earlier in 1993. Most notably in the Intercontinental Battle Royal in what? September of '93. <laughs> same exact look, same Steve Lombardi, but the character's name was MVP. So Vince actually had the idea. For a baseball player gimmick a year prior to them going on strike. Which is, this makes so much more sense. Okay, so Vince thought that this would be a thing, right? Like, not the strike, but like because it was in his back pocket and it just didn't work. Uh When the strike came along, here comes Abe Knuckleball Schwartz with a different name. Uh Like, it's, It's well, you know, he's Abe here, but he was MVP before. Yes, and so he was the original MVP before Montel. Yeah, Vontavious I was going to say, like, that's also weird because, yeah. <laughs> like, there was an MVP. So anyway, uh, if you haven't noticed, folks, we're not talking about the match because it sucks. But King does say he's not Ken Griffey Jr. Vince says maybe it's Pete Rose. More foreshadowing? Yeah. <laughs> like, are we getting ready for WrestleMania 14 here? Oh, we get another 
slide from Brooklyn baseball over here. And Quinn, you said, what's his finisher? The fastball? I thought he was literally going to throw a baseball at him or something. Like, so screwball. It, <laughs> so it's basically, maybe it'd be the knuckleball, but it's basically the Brooklyn Brawler offense, you know, stomp, kick, baseball, slide. I always thought Brooklyn Brawler, this makes the most sense for his gimmick because <laughs> he's the only guy who wears a Yankee shirt. It's true. So he bores everyone with his stupid offense, and then he kicks dirt all over referee Mike Kyoto. Yeah. Then he calls his shot, you know, points to the stands. It looks like he's actually... Po- Quint, um... Wait, hang on, folks. Quint, Quint wake up! Quint! Uh, uh, Abe, what? Knuckles. I think he fell asleep there. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what? Where are we? What What show... What part of this show are we in? Uh, Abe Knucklebush Schwartz. Oh, still. I didn't miss anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, so basically, he calls his shot, you know, the same way you would point... Like Babe Ruth allegedly pointed to the stands, or like they point to the WrestleMania sign now. What is he? I think he was more foreshadowing. How do you call a shot in wrestling? When you're doing like, he's basically saying, I don't get that. I'm going to do a suplex. (laughs) Yeah. That's what it means. You could call anything. I'm going to do a drop toe hold. (laughs) Like, like, this is stupid. So he wins with a superplex. And Mm -hmm. Quinn, you say to me, the Brooklyn Brawler won a match. He did. And this history has been made. This is like the Johnny Rods moment, except less exciting. <laughs> Much less exciting. Vince says he could be sent down to the minors. Why? He just won. Exactly. That what? Vince is an asshole. <laughs> One second he's like he kind of likes this. The next yeah. he's like pooping on him. He's like, oh wait, he's a heel. We get a Slim Jim promo with Savage, a That's really short we- one. Yeah, I didn't realize Macho Man was still here, but you're right. He did go in December, but I thought he was still like he was still there, not really participating at this point. Well, he was the Babe Ruth. Yeah. Abe Knuckleball Schwartz was the Lou Gehrig. Got you. Okay. And you said to me, <laughs> Quinn, after this commercial, I like how they have the Macho Man and they don't want to use him. Yeah. Okay. So we're watching this show, right? And there's like nothing going on. Like, it, it we're in the depths of like, this is morphing into 1995. Seriously. Like, quickly. And not a, that's not a good thing because 1995 is like the worst year ever. So here we have a promo, you know, like a, a commercial for the Macho Man being in it. And they don't want to use him. He's the most exciting thing they have because everything else sucks. It really is. It's like, I love Sean and Brett, but they're not like as exciting as the Macho Man at this point in time. That's true. They're not, they're not exciting. Yeah. I just never got this, Joe. I never did either. I don't know why Vince wasted Randy Savage on this. He had the Macho Man (laughs) who could still wrestle. Yep. And he says, you know what, that that stuff that, you know, works and everyone knows it's good and yeah. loves it. It's like there was no like we weren't at a point in time where the Macho Man proved he couldn't wrestle anymore. He was still good. Yeah. He was good until about 97. I know. This he, is a guy that wants to stay. He's good. He's popular. He could put, he could work with anybody. Mm-hmm. And he's doing Slim Jim commercials for them. Very upsetting. That's it. So we get a heart attack tour promo. I remember the commercials and for that. What kind of name for a tour is this, by H-A-R-T. the way? A R T. It's like you want to come here to die. Like <laughs> seriously. Well, you might fall asleep if nothing else. Uh, you're definitely not gonna have a heart attack because it's not gonna be exciting. <laughs> you might have a nightmare. Mm. So anyway, they're coming to the Meadowlands, Quinn. Great. And did you know the best Paul Bearer lookalike is gonna win a prize? Oh wow! Why would you want to look like Paul Bearer? This is the era we're in right now. This is like the you know when I said like before that like remember how like Sunny would be like a mom like she would be like yeah. you stink and butts and like <laughs> and she'd be like cheering on the kids yeah you poo poo head yeah like 
this is like I know Sonny's not there, but that's like to me like it always like exempt like Stephanie Wind, yeah, and like, yeah, like that kind of crap. Like we're veering into that territory. We're having Paul Bear lookalike contest <laughs> because it's just so boring. Like really, what do you mean boring? We've got some great matches: Quinn Duke Drozzy versus IRS, Luger versus Tatanka, Bret Hart versus the Anvil. Okay, that one. I have to say one thing about. Go ahead. That should be treated like a bigger deal than it is. Yeah. Because it's like the Hart Foundation actually fighting each other. Wouldn't it? They never really did that. And they never played it up enough. Yeah. It they should never be a did. great thing. The Hart Foundation explodes. The Foundation finally cracked. Wait, is that why? Like, I get that. I thought it was obviously a pun on Bret Hart, the Heart Attack Tour. It but is. is it because the Hart Foundation's fighting each other? It's yes. called the Heart Attack Tour? Correct. Oh. And Owen was involved too. Why isn't it called the Heart Break Tour or something? Because that like, would confuse people about Shawn Michaels. It's but the, true. But the hearts are breaking apart here. Like they've already broken apart. Now they're attacking each other. Right. But you know what I mean. Like it's finally coming to a head. Undertaker's also fighting Yoko. That happened. <laughs> I don't need to see that again. It, it already sucked the first time with a thousand people. What are a thousand people going to help beat the Undertaker again? <laughs> Yoko's not even the champ. Who cares? <laughs> That's a very good point. Why is, he, why is that the, like, the main event, too, right? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it was. We also get a clip of a giant blow-up Undertaker, and Quinn, oh. you noted that had been used later on. Yeah, they used it at SummerSlam 97, I believe. But he was still wearing the purple Taker attire. Yeah, but he's not that Taker at SummerSlam 97, mm-hmm. but it's in the parking lot at the Meadowlands, coincidentally. Maybe the Meadowlands owned it. Maybe, maybe. Maybe Christy Todd Whitman owned it. Yeah, mm-hmm. her. Well, she mm-hmm. did. She was a champion for the WWE, <laughs> remember? Was, and she yes. brought, like, them back. She beat the taxes. She put a one, two, three count. What did Vince say in that thing? No, it was Gorilla or uh, Undertaker said it or somebody. She Linda put, said it. <laughs> she put a. <laughs> she <laughs> made the taxes. Rest, rest in peace. Yeah, exactly. And then Whitman <laughs> pinned the taxes. That's my Linda. <laughs> anyway, we get a Bob Backlund package. Yeah. Did you know that he was good at football in school? Great. <laughs> and he also won the NCAA tournament for wrestling in 71. Yeah, I mean... That's impressive. I will say this. That's I know impressive. I know they're doing all this background, and it did pay off, but then, yeah. like, they just dropped it the next night after it paid off. He didn't suck, but it was just... It was a one-time thing. Anyway, he won the title in 78. He lost it to the Sheik in 83, but he says he never gave up because Arnie threw in the towel. So basically what happened was he came back to the WWF after rigorous workouts and spending a little time in Herb Abrams UWF in 91. Was he there? He was. Well, Herbie would take in anybody. Herbie would take in anybody. It was a good time. I loved Herb. Yeah. So anyway... He comes back, and he has this mediocre run. He loses to Razor at WrestleMania 9. He had that stupid jacket. <laughs> he had the stupid jacket. No Princeton music. Princeton jacket or something? Princeton, Minnesota. Yeah. yeah. No music. He loses. <laughs> he has no music. Yeah, That's funny. To make him seem older. Yeah. He loses a match on Superstars mm-hmm. in July of 94. Excellent match, Quinn, if you've never seen it. It really is good. Yeah. He loses a match to Bret Hart, and that's where he snaps after the match. His heel turn was actually good, and so was his haircut. Yes, the the, the hair, the yeah, cut. the short, yeah, much I got better than the fuzzy hair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely much better. Yes, okay. we get a clip of Backlund in Japan chicken winging some guy. So obviously, it's probably a five star match. Yeah, that was probably like the best match ever, right? <laughs> the best Bob Backlund match ever. And then he says to make sure Japan doesn't crumble. <laughs> Japan is crumbling. <laughs> what is with the crumbling lately? I don't know. There's so much crumbles. <laughs> They're crumbelievable. Back in 94, everything was crumbling. <laughs> so then our next match here is Mabel versus generic jobber number 17, because they don't say his name. But here's, here's something very interesting, This Quinn. is interesting. 
Mabel is solo. He doesn't even have Oscar with him, let alone Mo. Right. So he does his own rapping down the ring, and he's actually way better than Oscar. Oh my god, I couldn't believe it. No. No wonder Mabel got a singles push because they were like, well, if we got to have him rap, he can do it. He doesn't need Oscar. He sure as hell doesn't need Mo. No, no one needs Mo. No one in the earth needs Mo. Uh-huh. Is he alive? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like I think he No, did. I, that's like a genuine question. <laughs> like sound nice. <laughs> can we have Mo on the show? I'm sure he would be take the take the time to join us. <laughs> Mo, Mo, hey Mo! I, that would get some plays. People want to hear from Mo. Yeah, seven more plays. Yeah. So the king says that Mabel thought Oscar's last name was Meyer, so he ate him. Mm. <sighs> These Vista. aren't like good king jokes because no. I know King's capable of better. Yeah, later on, not 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 in superstars. I think he saves the good stuff for Raw and pay per views. Wonderful. <laughs> Vince tells King, speaking of great jokes, to make like a tree and a leaf. So he didn't mm. even say it right. <laughs> is this like the the Back to the Future? Basically? Make like a train get out of here. Yeah, that's funnier. Yeah. So then, Doink Dink and Adam Bomb are going to be at Sports World and Paramus Quinn. This is a, we're like this is again that that time period. You know, like when like yep. nothing. Like what Paramus. are they? What are they even doing? Like this is what this is the high school gym era. Like real, we're yeah. Sports World. For what yeah. is you think that's like sports and stuff? Uh, probably Paramus. It's only about an hour from us. But anyway, this jobber is dressed like 1983 Bob Backlund, I noticed. (laughs) Yeah, he's got those, like, strap-up tights. Like, I thought, like, this guy was the most old-school-looking guy on this entire thing. He did. He had that weird Backlund singlet. Yes. It was really bizarre, actually. I know. Do you think Backlund just, like, passed it off to him? Because, like, I'm not wearing this anymore. I'm wearing wearing the blue Speedos now. (laughs) He upgraded to the blue Speedos. Yeah. So Mabel with an awful <laughs> inziguri for the win it's kind of like a dog like lifting his leg to pee why is that his move he's a big dude he should splash them or leg drop or them power or slam them yeah, or anything. something yeah like what the oh. sidekick thing so basically he hits him with like his big toe and yeah. it's over you know it's i guess weird. he has the biggest toe in the business or something i, I don't know so <laughs> like i don't know what else to the say there's the, there's the not business. much to say about a mabel match there's really not. Yeah. But Vince calls Mabel the biggest man in rap. He's not in rap. <laughs> like, he's never been a rapper. So Mr. Mature over here, King, <laughs> he draws a penis on Mabel with the magistrator. Or maybe it was a pig or something. It was a pig, but it's it looked it was like a, a penis. penis at one point. Remember the magistrator? I gotta say, though, King does... This is something that was good for King because he actually He's is like a drawing person. Artist. Like he's an artist. Yeah. But I liked it like too. Like an illustrator. I'm trying to think of like specifically what kind of drawing King did. Excellent illustrator. Yeah. So next up, we got something that I have never seen before. And if oh, I have, oh, this. I, I totally blocked it out of my memory. <laughs> it's a King Kong Bundy vignette because he was I, returning. Can I say something right before this? Vince yeah. says, look where King Kong Bundy's been. Like this is real. Yeah. Like Look where King Kong Bundy's been. Yeah. Apparently, he's been climbing the Statue of Liberty in the Empire State Building because he's King Kong. He's King Kong now. Like, he's bigger than buildings, which I would think that would be an unfair advantage in wrestling. And they would be like, you can't wrestle. Yeah. How do you get in the arena? Yeah, exactly. Duh. He's 
this is real though. Vince is like, look what he's been up to. Like, what? The is other, that in kayfabe? Like now, like King Kong Bundy is bigger than buildings. The other thing, actually, <laughs> you just I'm no selling that. But yeah. the other thing that he was up to, Quinn, was growing his eyebrows back in. Yeah, he was also up to like 400 pounds too. <laughs> Uh, Quinn, it's time for Jim Neidhart with Owen versus yeah. Ike Andrews. And Anvil has some really junky pink tights on. Did you notice that? Yeah, they, they really make him look like he's not really a threat. It's at- not like his good tights. Yeah, and it's got this weird, like, black stripe yeah. on the back, which didn't exist in the original version of those trunks in the Heart Foundation. It just doesn't look good. He looks like junk. It always is like, to me, it's like, you know how the Mets have alternate jerseys? Yes, they do. They were like, that's like the alternate Heart Foundation gear. The the super pink the one. The all pink, yeah. Yeah, that was literally like when they're like, whatevering. And Brett did the same way. Brett yeah. was the same way. Yeah. So it's an anvil match. Kick, kick, stomp, body slam. King says anvil was the true heart foundation. And Vince is like, no. Yeah, I think everyone <laughs> says no. So we get another exciting body slam. And then um, a camel clutch dragon sleeper I thing. thought that was a great move. It was. I just don't know what to call it. I really don't know what it's yeah, called. Yeah, I was actually surprised at, like, that looked like an effective finisher. The anvil could wrestle. Like, you have to give him a little credit. Uh, I mean, I don't know if he could... He, could I he get in a ring and pretend to fight? He, yeah. Here, here was what I always thought about the anvil, is that he was a little older than Brett, right? Yeah, a couple years. No, I, no, no. He was actually he maybe wasn't. only a year older than Brett. Okay, well, I guess maybe he just aged out, because he just seemed like there was something like he was slower than Brett, and like something about him always struck me at the end of the Heart Foundation, like, the Anvil's career was really, like, winding down, and Brett's was starting up. You ever heard of Turkey Hill? <laughs> that might have something to do with yeah, it. Yeah, but Anvil was also a football player. He might have been beat up previously. Like, to be fair to him. Like, he might have already not been in good shape at that point. But this move... You're not gonna let me defend the Anvil, no. are you? But can you describe the move, Quinn? It's a camel clutch, right? Yes, it's a camel clutch, but he he puts his... He basically puts him in a dragon sleeper of the part that his head coming up. It's really cool. Yeah. I've never seen it. I don't know what it was called. I, I He might have had a name for it, and we're just not thinking of it, you the know? The Anvil. <laughs> the Anvilizer. Yeah, or was I was that know. a different move? That might have been his power slide. Anyway, Owen is hilarious here. Yeah, Owen, Owen <laughs> this is the best part of the entire show. As this idiot's still in the move, Owen puts his <laughs> sunglasses, you know, his Brett sunglasses on the guy, but then he, like, pulls him back and snaps him onto yes. his face. Yes, and they show it, like, four times. They show, like, a replay of the entire thing. Because he does it twice. Remember, he's yeah. like, snap, and then he's like, one more time! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Snap. It's just Owen at his finest. Best part of the show. Yeah. The only good part of the show. Then we get Paul Bearer and The Undertaker taunting Yokozuna from like the casket cam or some shit. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. It's, like it, ca- it, it, it's all purple in like the purple casket. Awful. Why yeah. was this a good <laughs> feud? Like, why did the world need Yokozuna Undertaker 2? Because he, the Undertaker lost and he had to win. Why did Chuck Norris need to be there? I don't know. Because The Undertaker looked like um, Unforgiven the movie in a shadow. <laughs> this is the second week in a row that you've brought up Unforgiven the movie. Well, it's it's a lot of the basis of the theme of Survivor Series 94, if you think about it. Yeah, that's a good point. Taker calls him Yokozuna. 
Yokozuna. <laughs> good impression, Quinn. Yeah. That was good. I will I will make you rest in peace, Yokozuna. Why did no one ever get his name right? It was either <laughs> Yoka or Yokozuma. Confession, I used to call him Yokozuna as a kid. You don't now, though. Yeah, but I think because like the they would pronounce it that way. Like it was their fault. Like I just, I just said what okay. they said. You know, I, I very quickly realized it was Yoko's when I saw his logo. But Wait. I remember calling him that. Ready for a really good squash? It's the Bushwhackers <sighs> in '94. Why the hell are they here? Like, sir, why the hell are they here? They're here on and off for two more years, Michael. When did they get the like crappy logo thing? You know what? And those weird trunks. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think about? it was '96 when they also had the Australian hat, even though they were not from Australia. <laughs> I thought that this was like that time period. No, that was '96. They also had a kangaroo mascot. I guess it makes sense that they were here because if I recall, they were somehow at the first in your house or something, like helping give away the house. Weren't they like are parted like prom? Almost for it like I, I maybe we'd have to go back and revisit that but i swear the bushwhackers were like involved i mean i wouldn't be surprised but anyway they're facing two jobbers named tom stone yeah and rock warner so we got a lot of rock warner's kind of a cool name well we got a lot of rocks here we got a stone we got a rock pop warner rock warner yeah sure quinn yeah we have this era. This so remember when you were talking about Paul Bearer lookalikes? Yeah, it's this era. Special guest <laughs> ring announcer is some awkward kid that you can barely hear. Oh boy! Speaking of boy, he sounds like when they, you know, at the Tampa Bay Rays games when they have like Ugh. a kid announce the the um, yeah. you know what I'm talking about? The starting lineups. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, it's that. Fireball, but. Tampa Bay Rays anything it's horrible. Well, Tampa Bay like, anything. I feel like the Tampa Bay Rays stadium adopts the same policy of 1994 WWF where it's like all kid friendly like all the time. It does and it also adopts a lot of properties of a men's bathroom. Oh yes, it sounds like the acoustics of a men's restroom. Probably smells like it too. Yeah. So King says, "Is that a boy or a girl?" Is that a boy or a girl? That's kind of funny. Yeah. For King to be I thought it one. might have been Skylar Hart or whatever. Dallas, <laughs> whatever. Is that the name. one you mean when you say Skyler? The one who wrote the thing in the W. Yeah. I've said this on the show Dallas. before. The one who wrote the magazine, but yeah. I never remember his name. This is the best part, though, of this whole segment is that he announces the Bushwhackers at forty nine pounds, and first we notice it. <laughs> it's good, but thankfully the King calls him out on it. Thank you, King. This is King's best moment in this. Yeah, the whole time he's just been reading from the seventies joke book, but then he actually sees material and he like pounces he on ad-libbed. it. Like, yeah, he actually <laughs> caught something. It was awesome. Yeah. So I guess it's some ongoing thing that King makes fun of all the guest announcers. I, I don't blame him. They're all horrible. It's sad that that's an ongoing thing. Why that, Having kid ring announcers is a bad ongoing thing. It's not just kids, Quinn. I've seen awkward men do it, too. Mm. Anyway, why are we bothering? Like you said, why are we bothering <laughs> with the Bushwhackers in 94? They're it's, not going to win anything. Joe, it's too late for this. It's like enough. Like, yeah, get not, out of here. They're not going to get a push. Yeah. They're not going anywhere. Like, are they in contention? No. Like, is this victory over Pop Warner and Billy Magoo going to, like, get them anywhere? <laughs> like, are they are they hunting for Sean and Diesel? 
Like <laughs> they're not even hunting for well done. Sean and Diesel probably don't even know in kayfabe that they're in the company. I don't blame them. Yeah. Most fans don't know they're in the company. Yeah. Typical squash, battering ram gets the win. <laughs> then this awkward doofus kid gives a stupid thumbs up after announcing Vince them as is the super winner. Super excited about that, by the way. He's like, "Yeah, thumbs up for the kid." You had a great point, Quinn. You said to me, "Vince is running out of ideas here." You could watch ECW instead of this at this time, and it was good. Yeah, the, the good ECW was setting in. Like, this looks so antiquated yeah. and, like, just just a waste of your time. Like, even WCW had some more captivation than this. You could find better cartoons that were probably on at the same time that this was on, on, like, Saturday morning or whatever. You could turn on... Like, as an adult, you would rather watch the cartoons. Right, you could watch <laughs> Space Ghost Coast to Coast or something. Yeah, exactly. The show was good. Yeah, well, Any, it was okay. Anyway, next week on Raw, Quinn... Big match. Big, big match. That's huge, all right. Bam Bam Bigelow versus Duke the Dumpster Drozzy. Uh, I want to put that match in the dumpster. All that hype, and that's what it is. Boom. Next match? Because the hits keep coming, folks. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the 90s, speaking of bad gimmicks, speaking of a boring time, it's IRS. You know what the most thrilling thing to hear about on a Saturday morning is? What? Taxes. Isn't it, though? Yeah. Oh, man. He's fighting Gary Jackson, and, you know, he does his usual, everyone's a tax sheet. Uh-huh. I hate that so much, by the way. Why? Like, you know how ravishing Rick Rude would do different variations on, like, making fun of the fans? Every time, it's just, you're all tax sheets. Like, there's nothing else. Like That's true. At least like, Rude had Pennsylvania pissants, Mississippi yeah. morons, Atlantic like, City sweat hugs. It's like, you're you're a tax sheet just like this audience. There's, like, three variations, and <laughs> but they all end with the, you're a tax sheet. Like, it's awful. Not everyone's a tax sheet for crying like, out loud, Irwin. I understand Irwin. that Rick Rude opened up with what I'd like to have right now. But, right. like, it was always different, depending on where they were. Yeah, but sometimes if you have a good shtick, people will respond to it. Oh, you didn't know? Yeah. Like, everyone... But nobody was responding to tax cheats. Because it's boring. So Vince it's just boring, hated the IRS. and nobody wants to think about it. And, yeah, Vince it had a gripe because he, he wants to make more money. Yeah. Because he's a greedy asshole. <laughs> this just took a turn. <laughs> anyway, Jackson has diaper tights, according to you, Quinn. Well, I, I always get upset when somebody has diapers. Because these are not, like... These jobbers, they can't be that old. Like, <laughs> why is he wearing that? A diaper? Like, some couldn't somebody get like it's just a better cut? That's all. Like, well, it's, it's it depends. <laughs> so we get headlocks, abdominal stretches, all kinds of good IRS offense, and he gets the win with the write off. You know, the flying clothesline. Well, this is an IRS match. I, I love that the write off is the name of his finisher. That's so stupid. Maybe the whole point of it was to make it as exciting as doing taxes. Maybe that was the whole point of IRS. So, well, I mean, Mike Rotunda wasn't exactly the most thrilling wrestler. No, he wasn't. No, ever. Like he's literally like, ever to me, I feel like he's overrated because people like to like fondly remember him like he was some great technician or something. But even being a technician, it didn't make him entertaining at all. It's a good point. Yeah, I fondly remember him because I like Money Inc. Here's the thing about Money Inc. It was all Ted DiBiase, Jimmy Hart, and Jimmy Hart. Yeah. yeah, that's I- IRS help. IRS I mean, was on. there. He's Joe. no slouch. Joe, he just was. He existed. He was. He was filling a role. Could have been any other like money goon that they could think of like could have been pennybacks volkoff it could have been any of those jokes can we talk about this weird confessional promo we get with a lady saying that she's too attracted to razor ramon sean and brett she's in a confessional like a a priest confessional with a priest 
but the whole payoff is that the priest also has like the TV and he's watching wrestling. Like he likes wrestling, so it's okay that she wants to cheat on her husband with, with wrestlers. Sean. Yeah, and Razor. And and, yeah, yeah, and they probably well Razor was upstanding, but the other two probably would have. Yeah, Scott Hall was like the upstanding with that stuff. Well, it depended what Scott was smoking that day. I, I, I'm sure he made his mistakes. And then the tagline, Quinn, the new WWF generation, put your faith in us. <sighs> the new WWF generation, by the way, is their worst campaign. It's that the they've worst ever thing done. they ever did. I know that people like to poop on now. Yeah, and I get it. And I know people like to make fun of ruthless aggression, that whole era. It's still not as bad as this. This was the worst campaign they have ever done in the modern, you know, Vince McMahon-owned era. Here's the problem. Yes, it's good to push new talent, but you can't sacrifice the old talent that still can wrestle. Like, this is the whole Macho Man thing again. Yep. It's like, the whole point of this is, like, we need to just deep-six everything but, like, all these guys were, like, putting on great matches, like, two years before. Like, not even a long time ago. Sure. And you know what the interesting thing is? Apparently, Quinn, for Vince McMahon, the macho man Randy Savage was too old. But answer this question for me. Who won the world title from Bret Hart at Survivor Series 94? Bob Backlund. And he was older than Randy Savage. Do you think that, that that had something to do with the fact that Backlund didn't seem as much of a threat because he couldn't get over because he was boring and the idea was to create a foil to the new generation that this old man get off my lawn kind of guy would like come after the younger guys? That was totally the intention with the gimmick and everything. Yeah. But as far as uh, the worker age wise, like Savage could have still worked. Right, but the problem with Savage for them is that if Savage worked, he would have been more over than any of these people. I get like, what you're saying. So he wouldn't have upstaged anybody. He would have, I get you. He wouldn't have even had to try and he would have upstaged. Like, he literally no... would have just done the Macho Man shtick and like everyone would be like, I want that. Why isn't he the champion? Why do we have to deal with Diesel? Yeah, exactly. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. So we finally get back to Vince here in the crowd interviewing... In the crowd? Yeah. Interviewing Luger? This is really awkward. Yeah, why is he in the crowd? What's wrong with just the normal area? Like, yeah. what, is Lex Luger, like, the man of the people? <laughs> and, like, we're not talking about the Gene Okerlund, like, interview platform. No, he's, like, they're literally on the stairs. Like, I'm sure they had to sell that platform because they're, like, running out of money <laughs> here or something. What do you think they made on that? $26. <laughs> but it's a tax write-off, too, probably for the full amount. Oh, I good. Think. IRS will be involved there. Yeah. Well, that's why they have them there. <laughs> so Lex has that crappy white 1994 jacket on. You know the one I mean, that crappy mm-hmm. windbreaker. Puffy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he looks very MacGyver-ish here with the hair yeah, and yeah, everything. Yeah, he does. He, like, it looks like he's about to take something apart and put yeah, it back together with duct tape. Yeah, and like a shoestring yeah. or something. Piece of gum. Yeah. So they talk about the Tatanka issue, that hot button issue from I SummerSlam. I can't believe this is still happening here. Oh, it goes and like, on we, and on we and watched, on. We reviewed that Superstars like, what was it, like four or five months after this? And it's yeah. still going on? This was a long feud. <laughs> and nothing happened. Nothing happened. Didn't it end with that Chief J Strongbow bullshit like that was garbage you know i swear every time we talk about this feud you love to bring up chief j strongbow getting involved he was a fat chunky idiot who had no business being involved in a feud with the new generation 
Like, again with this, it's like, oh, let's interject, like, a timid old man or something, and then the, that, like, that's the other option here. It's like, it's either a guy that's annoying that's old, or, like, a guy that's, like, fragile that's old. <laughs> you know what's interesting, Quinn? Before we wrap up the Superstars review, back to the new generation. Yeah. King of the Ring 94 is when they really started pushing that campaign. Mm-hmm. And do you remember what the last match of King of the Ring 94 was? Roddy Piper. Oh, yes. I always, conf- I remember I always forget this, like that match, because I hate that pay-per-view. Versus King. Yeah. What hypocrisy. Yeah. To be like, new generation. Yeah. Piper and King. Yep. So that's why I don't buy this new generation crap. But anyway, Luger hopes Tatanka counts his money every day at the bank. <sighs> money in the bank. <laughs> because the face on the money won't be a president. It'll be the fans that he let down. Well, then it won't be real money because <laughs> the fans aren't on money. <laughs> I, unless George Washington is a fan of WWF. Abe Lincoln was. Yeah, well, he was a wrestler. <laughs> I heard on the original bill that Lincoln was on, it said heavyweight champion underneath <laughs> his name. But they had to remove that later. <laughs> so Luger says money can't buy success for Tatanka and the WWF. Uh, he was right about that. <laughs> And that was it. Yeah. That's that's the show. That's yeah. how it ends. It ends with Luger in the crowd. That was just so awful because it was so textbook and nothing. And like I asked you the question at the end, like, did anything happen? Like, really, did anything no. happen in that show? Nothing that mattered happened. Yeah. And that's not cliche. That's not being like an asshole. Nothing that happened on the show mattered at all. <laughs> nothing, nothing advanced. Nothing like no. there was nothing like nothing. next week that like you would be like, oh, maybe, like, because he did that, like, they'll come and do something. Like, the, I'm just, I'm throwing out, like, hypothetical right. situations, like... The best part of the show was Owen Hart snapping the glasses back on the jobber. Yeah, and what's that jobber gonna come back for revenge next week? <laughs> like, there's nothing. There's <sighs> nothing, 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 no- like, literally, that's all we can say is nothing. And that sums up the problem with this period of time, which really started, I guess, after WrestleMania 10. And continued this trend until 96. I really feel that people give 94 such a free pass because of WrestleMania 10. It's not good. No, WrestleMania 10 is good. No, but the year as a whole is terrible. It's really not good. I always, in my mind, I always really consider the end of the good around the summer. Even though, like, WrestleMania 10, it gets worse. Yeah, SummerSlam '94 is a kick-ass pay-per-view. Yeah, but it, that's I feel their like last it, it, gasp. I feel like a lot of it is a uh, riffing on a lot of what WrestleMania 10 did. Yeah, Brett Owen, Sean Diesel, but you can't stretch Razor. that out forever. Yeah, so it's like you know, like, eventually you yeah. got to deal with Diesel as the world champion, right. Mabel you, as a king of the it's ring. Like they had built all this stuff for 10, and they they had a program with it for the for the majority of the year. But you could see that they had no threads like after what they were doing then like there was that's just true. nothing to continue off of and that's why like i almost feel like even the stuff at 10 feels flawed because it can go nowhere afterwards it's unfortunate but it's yeah. kind of true so i mean th- this pretty much exemplifies what was wrong during this period of time and what stayed wrong for a while and quinn i mean th- the truth is this was not hard to watch it was just so boring. Yeah, it was sleep-inducing. I can't call it the worst thing. I'd say it, it was hard to watch because of the fact that like, it, I couldn't pay attention. 
we usually talk and stuff. Sure. And it was like, there was times when there was just silence. Like, yeah, like we were just like, uh, what? There like, really wasn't much to say. But I'll tell yeah. you what, folks. We know you have things to say. So why don't you reach out to us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can email us at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, go to our Facebook group. You can talk to us about whatever you'd like. We will be back next week on Monday, June 19th for episode number 36. And you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if in the midst of that, maybe Scott Keith might make an appearance for a special show. It's possible. It's possible. We'll see if that happens or not. But folks, until then, have a good rest of your day. Have a good rest of your week. Enjoy your retro wrestling content, and we will see you next week. See ya. Bless me, Father, for I am tormented. What's troubling you, my dear? Two months ago, I started watching the new WWF generation with my husband. Suddenly, I felt this instant attraction. Razor Ramon, Shawn Michaels, Brett the Hitman Hart. Oh, Father, thoughts of these men consume my most intimate moments. I feel so unfaithful. Please forgive me. Oh, I think we can work something out. The new WWF generation. Put your faith in it. Will you stop?